quarantine. I, I love your quarantine videos. They're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Hey, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Very special guest. I have Liberty Zavala. She is coming to us from San Diego, a place I miss dearly. I lived out there for a bunch of years, working the border, and uh, I love it, man. I really do. So she is joining us. Uh, she just got – she's in between breaks right now, so we only have her for a little while. So if you have any questions, feel free to just drop them into the comments, and we'll get going. Awesome. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you, Jason, and good to see your audience and your followers on here, too. I can't see them, but hopefully they'll be able to see me, and if they have questions, they can drop it down. Oh, my dog hears you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, doggy. Yeah, I don't know what she's doing. It seems like every time I want to broadcast, she she barks. Hey, uh, <laughs> That's how you I've, been following, I've been following you a while on social media, and we always ping each other back and forth because you have a deep interest in national security and you know, the media and the journalism. And I, you know, I was just always want to ask you, how did you get into that whole, you know, where did your passion for national security come about? Well, uh, honestly, I've always covered national security um, in journalism. We we cover all issues, We especially here in San Diego. We cover the border. We cover law enforcement. We cover the military because of all the military bases we have here. So that kind of grew my interest, just uh, being exposed to it a lot, having friends who are in military and law enforcement. And then I, I would... I actually entered a program by the FBI Citizens Academy, um, and I went through that. So I learned even more uh, about Homeland Security. And then I started, it really piqued my interest. And from there, um, the combination of just covering stories and going through that program, and it just inspired me to get a master's you know one day i was like okay you know what i really have a passion for this these topics and the threats that our nation is facing and i really want to be more well versed and well researched on it so i thought hey i want to maybe get a master's degree in it so right now i actually have my my first day back at school today um, at american military university and i am my emphasis is homeland security and counterterrorism right now yeah, and that's uh, we were chatting back and forth about, you know, your papers and and how it's a little bit different, and it's really it's kind of cool that you you are having a focus on something that you have a passion about, but you're also bringing it into the media realm. You see a lot of people, it seems, just get into journalism and they stick straight, boom. Mm -hmm. There's they they lose the aspect of the big picture, and mm -hmm. by seeing you get your masters it's almost like you're, you're taking it to the next level. Absolutely. So for me, I, I, it's not enough for me to just have a shallow understanding of things. I want to be immersed in it. I want to know what the highest levels of government know if, if that's possible. I know some things are classified and uh, who you'll have to have a certain classification to get that information. But um, if there is research, I, I want to know about it. I want to know what the themes are. I want to know what um, the findings are, and I want to be able to uh, pull pull that knowledge out when when necessary. 
and if I am covering a story and a topic um, and I'm able to actually cite a, a report that I've done or a, re a research that I've read, um, I think you're more credible that way. So I think that um, I really respect journalists who have credibility and for me, this was a, bar, a part of building my credibility. Um, so when I when I talk about a, a subject concerning the border or national security or the military or law enforcement, you know that I have done my research and I'm not just pulling something out of nowhere. Um, I wanted I, I, that was very important to me. I'm glad you brought up the border because uh, I, I love the dialogue uh, that goes. You're breaking up a little bit. Entry, and uh, all of a sudden they're, they're doing a photo op. Um, you living on the border, you have a, a definite grasp of it. Then you put that on top of your education and your research, and you're you're getting a solid foundation before you get out there in the field. Mm -hmm. That's much needed, especially in today's environment. Mm -hmm. Now, everything has changed in the media right now. I mean, a lot of it's going remote. How has that affected your like you just like your studio appearances or your safety or how is that been affecting you? Well, so we are down to a very essential skeleton crew right now. So there's barely anyone in the newsroom and the studio except the real critical players. Um, and even even then, some of them, the the essential staff are are at home uh, doing like producing from home or um doing interviews from home. So we, we've, we've had to shift just like the rest of the country in how we do the news. Um, field crews are not even allowed in the newsroom right now so that that's an added layer of protection. When we're inside the studio as I am now, we're disinfecting everything. I disinfect the entire weather center before, before and after. And then we're also um, maintaining six feet of social distance. Even people inside the newsroom right now are wearing face masks to protect ourselves. And then when I'm, because I'm I'm a weather anchor right now in this role, but when I'm a field crew, a field reporter, then I can't even go into the newsroom. And I am trying to, as much as possible, do virtual interviews instead of face-to-face -face interviews to protect myself and the interviewee. And in addition to that, if, if we have to interview in person, we are, of course, maintaining that six feet of social distance. So we're trying to do exactly what the rest of the country is doing. I'm um, glad. You have, I'm <laughs> glad. <laughs> You're like back and then sometimes I, you, no, you, it, you lost me for a minute there. Thank I'm glad you kept talking because uh, I had to refresh. Um, okay. I've, I've never met an Emmy award winning person. What is that like? You know, oh, and how you does so that much. happen? <laughs> uh, it happens through a lot of hard, hard, hard work. So, and unfortunately, when you're in our industry, you get awarded for very tragic things that happen. Uh, so uh, my, my Emmy awards were for breaking news uh, when I covered the lilac fire that uh, consumed it, the whole entire community basically of Bonzel and injured horses um, through San Diego County just ripped through. Um, I, I earned an Emmy for that and then I earned an Emmy for my coverage of that of course of the Las Vegas mass shooting 
so very serious tragedies, uh, very important stories that we covered. Uh, but, you know, uh, these are real issues that people uh, go through in our nation, whether it's a natural disaster or a terrorist attack or a mass shooting. Um, and we have to have journalists that we trust to cover it, right? And um, my other one was for the Woolsey fire. So um, those are th those are very proud moments of my life, not because of the tragedies that happened. Of course, I, I'm, I was heartbroken um, when, when I had to cover some of those stories because they, they pull at your heartstrings, even though you're supposed to be calm and collected um, as a journalist. Uh, when you see people suffering, um, it really changes your perspective and it really shows you why your job matters because you have a responsibility to share these stories and hopefully um, help the people who, whose stories you've been able to tell. So um, that's why I'm proud of those stories. That was a question I was going to have for you. How do you deal with, you know, tragedy mm -hmm. and how you deal with, you know, it, it's almost you're, you're meeting people in like some of the worst days of their lives and you have to cover their story. Yeah. Um, but I like how you brought up you have, if you're not covering their story, their story may never be told. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing that, you know, when I was in the war, we had, um, we had historians come. And I was always like, why, why do we need a historian? Because, well, you need to have your story told and journalists are doing the same thing. And that's why you need credible and competent uh, journalists like yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So how I handle uh, stress and tragedy is probably how you handle stress and tragedy in your job uh, when you were in the military or law enforcement, you, you, stay as calm, cool, and collected as possible, and you realize that you have a job to do. It's not, it's not your time to be uh, going crazy or um, getting emotional and losing focus. You have to focus. You have to be able to just maintain uh, calm and, and be, that, be that strength for the people you're covering. To be honest, if you're breaking down they're going to break down even further. But if you're a voice of calm and reason and trust, then you can help see three, see people through even in their worst times. You know, um, I, I just, it's, I, I really give you a lot of kudos for that. Um, definitely. Because I just, you know, like you said, in law enforcement or in the other worlds, you're kind of expected to deal with that in a journalism world. You're really just expected to cover the story and not being, you, you never think that they're going to get emotionally attached, but you do. Now, um, one thing I do like to talk about is right now you are, there's no gyms. This is the daily dose of positive time. We're going to get away from all the, the heartache and the worst days of people's lives. You are very passionate about um, broadcasting your workouts every day and Obviously, with there's no gym, you're still getting at it. How do you keep that mental aspect up? How do you keep the positivity going? Well, for me, Jason, fitness is not just, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. Fitness for me is an outlet. Fitness for me is a stress reliever. It is about not only shaping my body, but my mind and my soul. So 
all of those aspects of my life, I I need fitness and physical um, physical challenges to keep me balanced. To be honest, you know, I feel like if I didn't have that outlet, I wouldn't be as calm uh, when when chaos erupts or um, or or uncertain situations are happening, like what we're doing, what we're going through right now, you know. So for me, I think it's so important to not only maintain. Uh, your physical health, but your mental health and your spiritual health. Like, I think every every part is connected. So it's important for you to make sure you're doing that self-care to keep yourself um, balanced, to be honest. So I love working out. And even if I don't have a gym, which I miss so much, you know, um, I will, I will make my own gym. I'll put a makeshift gym, gym on my roof. I'll do, I'll put, I'll build a makeshift gym in my stairwell, whatever it takes. I'm going to do it because this is about, um, maintaining my physical, mental, and emotional and spiritual health. And I think that not only in boost your immune system it boosts your mood and it just makes it much easier to get through tough times yeah and i, I always tell people it's it's that warrior mindset it's getting it back to the uh just get your body used to struggle and pain and and just you get that feeling of live being alive uh one thing that uh, dan gabriel gave us a shout out great to see my interview good old dan <laughs> Hold on, I gotta get my face up there. Everybody says I look like Dan. We could be brothers every time oh, we go yes, out. Yes, like, I see the facial hair totally. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Dan. Hey, um, what else is going on? What do you want to talk about? I'm, I'm always asking questions. <laughs> so, I, I mean, today I'm gonna log into my first day back at classes at AMU. I'm doing a course called Homeland Security and Resilience. So, I'm interested in what that course will have for me. Um, I'm doing the weather. We're, we're going to see a huge storm for the next couple of days this week in San Diego, which is good news because then it will hopefully keep people indoors in their homes where they're protected and safe. And, you know, I'm trying to just try to maintain a sense of normalcy. I know what we're going through right now is not normal, but if you stick to a routine, if you make time to commit to your daily practices, whether it's making breakfast, waking up at the same time, making breakfast, um, allotting time for working out, allotting time for reading, allotting time for catching up on the phone with your loved ones, like make a schedule and stick to it. And that's how you will not lose your mind, in my opinion. That's how you'll, um, you know, keep your mind sharp and uh, maintain some sense of routine and normalcy in such an unnormal world right now. I, I agree with you completely. Keep uh, keep some sort of schedule. Like me, I, I actually have, like, I, I started the show just to keep some sort of, you know, mental time frame of what's going on. I get to talk to different people and keep a social interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, Dan does have a question. What's Liberty reading these days in all her free time? <laughs> in my limited free time? Um, right now I'm reading The Art of Happiness. It's by the 14th Dalai Lama and uh, Howard Cutler. And it's very interesting. So I, I love relaxing to and reading Buddhism books. I think Buddhist 
practices are so insightful and they that 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 for me is actually another way it's not only fitness like i also practice meditation um these are these are so underutilized tools but they're so effective at changing your perspective and allowing you to just draw on your inner peace so that's what i'm reading right now it's it's just to me it's interesting how uh, those practices, if you implement them, how amazing, how much more amazing your life will be because you will treat situations differently. And when a challenge comes your way, you won't break down, right? You'll, you'll, you've built that mental fortitude, that emotional fortitude, that um, just strength um, to take on anything. Obviously, like no one can be a superhero all the time or super strong at all the time at all times. You will break down, but you'll break down less than someone who hasn't been training, right? Training or building that strength. So for me, that's another um, mental, educational, intellectual strength is another thing I like to train. Great, great response. This is like interviewing 101. I'm learning. <laughs> oh, Dan, stay well, guys. Okay. Um, we have a question from, from Mary. Um, have you ever in the past went to elementary schools and or spoke to college fair to encourage young women team to be empowered like you are? Absolutely. I've gone to elementary schools. I've spoken at colleges. I've spoken at the Girl Scouts. The Girl Scouts is my favorite because I always ask them, who here wants to who here wants to be a journalist? And then a few of them will raise their hands and I'm like, thank you. Who here wants to be a scientist? Hands go up. CEO, hands go up. Uh, a police officer, hands go up. And that's what makes me feel so so proud when more hands go up for those jobs because those are the jobs we need to see more women in, right? There's so many journalists. Uh, you see them all over on TV, but we need women scientists. We need women um, service members. We need women police officers. We need women CEOs, you know, um, and I, I, I hope to inspire them to look into those careers if they haven't thought about it, you know what I mean? Um, I think that there is a, a benefit to having women in those roles and they should definitely explore it at least. And I absolutely agree, especially uh, being a father to a nine-year-old girl who's mm -hmm. <laughs> strong as heck. And she did my hair today too, not, not okay. like this, but, and she did my, uh, did my nails too when i'm not showing anybody that. that's awesome <laughs> oh my goodness. so let me just tell you something a sidebar so yesterday i actually did my nails because there's no nail salons at all open and they were growing out so bad i had i hadn't got, <laughs> gone to the salon in like weeks maybe months maybe a month or, or more and yesterday i literally taught myself how to do my own nails <laughs> wow look at that I had to like shave off my old fake nail and then glue on this new fake nail by myself. And I was like, the things you can learn from staying at home and being forced to stay at your home and not go anywhere. So, you know, this is another point. So instead of looking at 
this stay-at-home order as doomsday, why don't you look at it as an opportunity? What can you learn during this time? I just learned how to do my nails for way cheaper than going to the salon that I would have never really have even explored if I wasn't in this situation. So what will you do to learn a new skill or whatever during this time that you now have? How will you take advantage of it? Well, I know what I'm doing. I have a show called Pick Rep. It streams live every night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, exactly. So now you have all this time. Make use of it. Take advantage yes. of it. Yes, absolutely. Well, I know you have to get back to work. You're right in between breaks. Um, do you have anything else for the audience? I would just say stay healthy. Thank you so much. If you do follow me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, I'm on all the social media platforms, even my YouTube channel. All you have to do is follow me at Liberty Zavala. And I think it's on the screen there or somewhere down below. But yeah, feel free to follow me and ask any questions you like and stay healthy. Thank you for all your support. And thank you so much, Jason, for having me on the Pick Rep. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, especially short notice. Yeah, um, and if, you know, uh, please keep in contact. Please be safe out there and enjoy San Diego. Yeah, uh, you be safe too. <laughs> All right. If you can hold on the line for one second, I'm just going to do my quick outro. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me early tonight for a pick rep. I will be streaming every night. Uh, most nights it's going to be 7 p.m. Um, so yeah, tune in pick rep. It's Piccolo's report. It's your daily dose of positive streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at Dr. Jason Piccolo, or just Google Jason Piccolo. You'll find me somewhere. And also follow Liberty on all her social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And she has a website too. So thank you everybody and have a great night. Oh, there you are. <laughs> ah, I gotta get out. Where awesome. am I? At? There yeah. we are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Jason. That was a great show, and I love the questions. That that's awesome that you have that feature. Yeah, this thing's it's an awesome, 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 awesome. I love it. Is it hey, free? Appreciate you coming on a show? Uh, no, I play. I pay like twenty bucks a month, okay. but I do enough. I have enough guests, but they have a free program. Okay. Um, they have a free one if you just want to do if you want to stream at the two different outlets. So it's pretty wow. cool. Awesome. Hey, if you know anybody who wants to be on the show, feel free to, you know, put us in touch. Yeah, right? I will. I'll definitely be on the lookout. I'm sure someone will from our, our mutual-ish circles. I know. Yeah. I didn't know you knew Dan, too. That's funny. Yeah, he's awesome. I you know. You know, the power of social media and, and this industry. You just meet the same faces mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, 